0: The Pittsburgh Penguins face a big dilemma with two key players set to be free agents. Can they keep either of them? Plus, the New Jersey Devils have the second overall pick in the draft. What will they do with that? And the Winnipeg Jets have hired Rick Bonus as their new head coach. But is he the right man for the job? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast. Gil Martin, glad to be with you on this and every Monday as we talk about the biggest stories from around the National Hockey League, we want to thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Penguins, Hunter Hodes. Hunter, not a dull moment right now uh, in Pittsburgh, as far as the Penguins are concerned. Let's start with the big rumors. Uh, Chris Letang looks like he's getting closer to coming back to Pittsburgh. What have you heard?
1: It's trending that way. Um, I, the, the, Elliot Freeman's been kind of having the same report for the past couple of weeks. Josh has been kind of, you know, piggybacking off of that. You know, the Penguins and Letang—they're getting closer. I think to agreeing to a deal, um, Friedman said two weeks ago the gap was at about 1.125 million. He believes it has or shrunk, excuse me. Um, so it's probably around maybe 750k to a million or something like that. Um, and then he um, wrote in 32 thoughts and then spoke on the podcast that a couple of executives have told him that they they see a path to the Penguins bringing him back. And you know they are right to prioritize him over Evgeny Malkin. You know I, I love what Gino has brought to this team. For 16 years, but you know when you look at you know the positions they play and you know who their their peers are and how they stack up, Chris Letang is you know a better player at his position right now than Evgeny Malkin is, and I'm I'm not trying to slight him here at all. I mean Malkin's probably going to go down as one of the of the 30 best players to ever play in the NHL. But the fact of the matter is, you know if Letang walks there's no one on the market that can do what he does. You can try to bring John Klingberg in here, but defensively he's kind of washed. Um, you're, you're probably looking at a four to five year deal for Latang. I've been saying on the podcast for the last couple of months, four times eight, five times eight probably gets it done. I think David Pagnato of the fourth period said he thinks the AAV is going to be between seven and eight. And to be honest, I say good luck with that because I don't think he's going to take anything below eight. I would be very surprised if he did, but um, it's funny, Gil, you know, when this all season started, I was like, yeah, they're probably going to bring Malkin back and Latang is going to be the trickier negotiation. The opposite has basically happened. They've been having better discussions with Latang than Malkin. And I do think Latang eventually gets done.
0: As far as Malkin is concerned, where are they? And what are the chances you think that he's a Pittsburgh Penguin when the season starts?
1: It's so a great question. I mean, from what Elliot Freeman said, they've agreed on a three-year term so he and Sid can go out together. Um, believing that's in 2025 when Sid's contract is up, but money-wise, they're not close. He's Gino has said he's willing to take a discount. Now, how much of a discount, I don't know. He made 9.5 million for the last eight years. He's not worth that anymore. You probably can get him below eight, but you know, the 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 big thing for the penguins is are, are they comfortable paying him that much money? You know, especially because he's been banged up a lot lately, you know, he's going into his age, 35 to 38 seasons. You know, it's just, there are risks with it for sure. But I will also say this too, you're not going to find another center on this market. That's better than him that you can actually afford. Nazem Kadri is not coming through that door. You're not going to be paying him 9 million. <laughs> that's just, that's not happening. Vincent Shrocek, good player. Probably going to get a six times six deal. He had 50 points in 80 games, was okay in the playoffs. Yes, I get it. He's the Pittsburgh hometown kid. Will be cool to see him play for his hometown team, but he's not Evgeny Malkin. He will never be Evgeny Malkin. You know, there's been a a loud minority of the fan base that wants wants people to think that you can just replace him easily and it's all going to be fun and roses, but you know, your power play suffers. Even though he's not as good at 5v5 anymore, that is still going to suffer as well. I feel I, in my opinion, I think they have no choice but to bring both of them back. It's all a matter of if latan gets done here, you know, you, you circle back to Malkin, how much are you willing to, you know, offer him? Um, I've been saying it because Sid has 8.7 million per year that he makes, do three times 7.1. You can have a little superstition in there. And I think that's a that's a pay cut that Gino is probably willing to take. Sure, is it 2.4 million less? Yeah, but I think at this point he's you can get away with paying him a little over 7 million per I don't I don't know what they're offering him right now I know it's not close um but you know sometimes deadlines have a funny way of you know showing themselves I would not be surprised if both sides circle back here in the next week especially if Letang gets done
0: if they are able to sign both Letang and Malkin where does that leave them against the cap and what other moves do you think they'd have to make
1: yeah. So right now they have about 23 million in cap space. So say you sign Latang four times eight, you bring Malkin back at 7.1 if he takes that. That's 15 million right there. I so see you will have a little less than 8 million left to work with. You have the Danton Heinen um, restricted free agency. That's probably going to cost you a couple million. You're down to about, I don't know, maybe 5.5 to 6 if you get lucky. Evan Rodriguez, that is a very tough call. Do you bring him back? Do you not? Um, if you bring him back, that's, also going to count, count a significant chunk of your cap. Then you're kind of looking at you know maybe about a million or two in space. But you know the Penguins they have opportunities here to bring both back and still open up more space. Brian Dumoulin can be traded. You know we saw today with Ryan on Sunday with Ryan McDonough, very popular player in that locker room, helped them win back to back Cups. Sure, he was a salary dump, but someone like Dumoulin, teams will pay for that kind of defenseman. They've won the championships. He's good defensively i mean former new york islander nick Letty, i think went for a second round pick twice in the last calendar year right. teams are always willing to help out other teams for these kind of moves and he still has value marcus peterson if they want to deal him i think he could potentially be traded brock mcginn could be a sneaky dark horse contender um to be dumped in a salary cap move they, they have their options here it's all a matter of does hextall actually want to trade one or two guys off this team to create more space for some of these players or is he content with just this salary cap space that he has right now because it's you know brian burke he spoke i believe it was to dave molinari and then spoke to sportsnet as well and he said yeah you know we're, we're considering looking at a trade or two in the next week and a half to maybe open up some more space but you know until that time comes we're not going to really doing anything so you know it sounds like they're open to it but it's all a matter of you know can they find someone to dance with and do they even want honestly want to dance themselves
0: big questions that we'll know more about in the next week or so the draft coming up in less than a week, the penguins have a first round pick. What are you expecting them to do? Or could that be part of a trade?
1: I I do think they're going to keep it. I I can definitely understand why people say to trade it. You know, you may, you may not get um, a better player at that pick, you know, then you would by trading it for an impact player or something like that, like a Jesse Puljarevi who, honestly, every NHL team should be over that. Ken Holland is on the other side, for God's sake. Um, but it does sound like they're going to keep it. You know, there are some players there who um, I really think could be difference makers in a few years. You know, Lane Hudson, the uh, the, the five eight defenseman who I really like. He's good. Yurov is probably um, one of the best um, players in this draft. I love Miro Shinako. He's probably a top five. In my opinion, he's probably a top five talent in the draft. We'll be curious to see if he falls um to that. I have a full uh big board I did with my buddy uh Jason from Penguins Twitter that I'm gonna unveil uh this week on the show. We're gonna go over, you know, the picks that we would like to see um them make, you know, the typical Brian Burke, Ron Hextall picks that they could make, and then potentially, you know, players who are not on some a, a lot of other people's radars, but you know, could be on the penguins Raiders. So I do think they will keep it and they will take an impact player at honestly, any position. Um, this prospect uh, pool is very bad to to say the least in the penguins organization. That's the price you pay when you win three championships, they got to start restocking it. And, um, they have an opportunity here to, I think, to take a pretty good player.
0: All right, Hunter, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media?
1: Yeah, you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, YouTube. I'm on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Penguins. Um, It's going to be a busy week this week for the Penguins. I got to think the deadline is right here for Chris Tang and Evgeny Malkin. If there is LeTang news, I probably expect it this week. I don't know if it's going to drag into next weekend or, you know, even right before free free agency. But um, these next 10 days are going to be something
0: in this city. All right, I know you'll be on top of it. Hunter Hodes, thanks for joining us today. Always a pleasure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball. And you got NBA futures, NFL futures, all kinds of things going on. NHL draft coming up. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, tennis, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. My pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Devils, Trey Matthews. And Trey, happy 4th of July to you. Thank you. Got my uh, Team USA
2: hat uh, repping right now. 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. There you Um, go. And, you know, I currently reside in Philadelphia, so one of the birthplaces of America. So
0: happy 4th to everyone who celebrates. Absolutely. Big week coming up for your New Jersey Devils. They have the second overall pick in the draft, and... This is a, a pretty big decision. New Jersey, a team with a lot of young talent. Who do you think they want to add? And who do you think they will be adding with this second overall pick?
2: Well, if you were to ask me like a week or two ago, I would have said Uri Slavkowski with ease. In fact, I said it in our locked on NHL mock draft that the New Jersey Devils would select Uri Slavkowski And I thought that the consensus first overall pick was Shane Wright. But in more recent days, you know, people have been saying that uh, Shane Wright might fall to number two. I'm even seeing some a lot like uh, mock drafts saying that he's going to fall to number four. I don't know how true that is or not, but ultimately it's just like, um, you know, if Shane Wright were to not go uh, first overall, then we would pick him up. But I think the favorite uh, right now as we stand, because I'm just banking on the fact that maybe Shane Wright will still go number one, um, would be Yuri Slavkoski out of uh, Slovakia. And I think he would be... A great addition for the New Jersey Devils, and I think uh, that's definitely someone to keep an eye out if you're the New Jersey Devils. I think he can definitely develop in the right direction. He's NHL ready. We saw what he did in the Olympics. We saw what he did in the World Champions. Held his ground against other NHL players. So ultimately, the the player that I that I have my eye on personally is uh, Slavkovsky.
0: And what is it that his skill set would bring to the Devils right now if he were to be picked by them second overall?
2: Well, like I said, he's NHL ready. He's a big guy. He can kind of play like sort of like a a power forward. You know, he has great handles. We saw what he did in the Olympics. So I think he led everyone in points. He was team MVP come world champions when, you know, NHL players were representing their respective countries. He was able to hold his ground. And I think, uh, you know, between him and Shane Wright, I believe Slavkoski is the um, is the favorite to right now uh, be the most NHL ready and to make an impact with Someone like the New Jersey Devils because we have a pipeline of a lot of young players. And the reason why I would want Slavkoski is just because I believe with Jack Hughes, Nico Keesher, and also uh, Dawson Mercer, I feel like the New Jersey Devils are kind of set at the center position in terms of overall development. I'm not saying that I would not want Shane Wright. I'm just saying, like, you know, let's get another uh, winger to develop alongside with Alexander Holtz or players of that nature because I feel as though it's time for the New Jersey Devils to get more scoring options up and down their lineup a little bit more. And I feel as though Slavkoski, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he makes the New Jersey Devils roster if he was hypothetically picked up by the New Jersey Devils.
0: What are the odds, if any, that New Jersey decides to trade this pick?
2: Um, Let's see, about as high as my chances of going to Pluto and having dinner with the Pope. So, uh, it could happen, but very unlikely. (laughs) So, um, I don't think they're going to trade the second overall pick. Um, you know, they were in the running for possibly getting Kevin Fiala. I felt, I feel as though if that, uh, draft pick was at number five or a little later on, they would be more willing to part ways with it because I don't think this is this deep of a draft draft class. That's based on what I've been hearing. I, I hear that outside of like top three, top five things of that nature. This isn't really a deep draft class. So, I think the New Jersey Devils would have been, uh, you know, more than con- content to like move on with it. But since we got lucky, we got the second overall pick. It would be really hard to part ways with it. I think um, someone that they would, you know, would want to possibly get or a player of his caliber would have to be Matthew Kachuk, But we know that's not going to happen. So you know, ultimately, um, y- y- you know, uh, I-, I just think that we're going to hold on to that. Uh, we're going to hold on to that second overall pick, whether it's Shane Wright or Uri Selvkoski. You know, Bob McKenzie. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if anyone's been aware of this, but uh, the number one ranked player in final rankings uh, last ten years has gone number one, according to Bob McKenzie. So when he puts out his mock draft and he says this player is going first overall, more than like more likely than not, that player is going first overall. Now you know he has to be wrong sooner or later. So you know, <laughs> but the past ten years, you know, the first overall pick based on his mock draft usually goes number one. So I, I would really want your eyes to come to the New Jersey devils. But um, you know, if we're able to get Shane, Wright, I, I think we can just, you know, laugh our way to the bank and just say, Hey, you know, we also got to steal with Shane, Wright. So either way, um, going back to what you said, there, there's no way they're going to trade the second overall pick. Just, just no way. I, I you know, I was, I, I was shopping in, in our group chat. I was saying like, what what's your best offer you know locked on Leafs gave me an offer that involved William Nylander uh that was a pretty decent uh trade package but ultimately in, in reality New Jersey Devils they hold on to that second overall pick
0: now you've talked uh before we started recording about this team maybe wanting to or you wanting this team to make a big splash kind of move this offseason what do you have in mind and, and why Johnny Hockey is on the way Johnny <laughs> Hockey is on the way that's
2: the player I have my eye set, Johnny Goodrow, because I hear that he wants to come back home to the East Coast uh, because I believe it has to do with a family matter or something like that. So I think um, it, there's a good chance that Johnny Goodrow could sign with the New Jersey Devils. We have the cap space. We have the potential to take our organization to the next level, and he could be that player that the New Jersey Devils have their eye on. I have my eye set on him. I would love to have Johnny Hockey on this Uh on this team Now, a lot of people have their concerns, especially since, you know, getting up there in age just a little bit, you know, still still in his late 20s, I believe. Um, but, you know, because if we were to sign him long term, we would have him like, I guess, till his mid 30s. But I'm just saying like his worst is still better than most of the Devils is best. Just saying, you know, so like if he if he gives me like 70 to 80 points, I'm OK with that, quite honestly. Or I'll go even lower, like 60 to 80 points. I'm okay with that. I just want more scoring options throughout the lineups for the New Jersey Devils.
0: How, what, what other needs do you think this team will look to fill uh, this off season? Because obviously devil's missing out on the playoffs, but a lot of young talent, what gets them to the next level?
2: Goaltending. That's, that's also another priority. I'm hearing rumors that maybe they're going to try to look at Jack Campbell, see what he could potentially bring or Billy Huso, you know, I hear that uh, the Devils are also big on him. I, I believe Huso might go back to the Blues, however. But ultimately, that's that's the big hole that needs to, you know, be filled for New Jersey Devils because uh, we were playing musical chairs with our goalie situation last year. We had to go through, like, Seven or so goalies like we brought up Nico Dawes, Akira Schmidt, Jonathan Bernier got hurt. Mackenzie Blackwood got hurt. It was a it was a complete mess. We had to go to emergency backup goalie at one point in January, who's appeared on my show before. Great guy. But still, um, you know, going through that course of goalies and just giving up that many goals. And then, you know, we we, we took a chance on a on a few goalies like, um, you know, Andrew Hammond. But he didn't really turn out too well. His only silver lining this season was his outing against the Vegas Golden Knights, which really hurt Vegas' chances of going to the playoffs that uh, this year. But uh, other than that, goalies has been a huge issue for New Jersey Devils. Now, my thing is, like, you need to find a goalie. I don't care if it's a starter or a backup. You know, I'm okay if either Mackenzie Blackwood is our starter next year or, you know, we have to kick him to a backup role. But the three criteria I'm looking for are stability, someone who has experience, and someone who can act as a mentor towards McKenzie Blackwood, because I feel as though we've robbed Blackwood of that um, the last few years, especially with Corey Crawford uh, retiring abruptly or Jonathan Bernier getting hurt early on in the season and being shut down. So ultimately, that, that's the main priority for New Jersey
0: Devils moving forward. All right, Trey, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they can find you on social media?
2: Well, you can find uh, Locked on Devils wherever you get your podcast from, uh, whether that's on YouTube. Uh, By the way, uh, subscriber count is going up, so make sure you head over there and subscribe. Trying to get uh, up to 1,000 subscribers before the start of the season, and uh, that's one of my goals, so help me get there. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, uh, Stitcher, Audacity, whatever the case might be, wherever you get your podcast from, that's where you can uh, find it, Locked on Devils. You can also find the show on Twitter, at Lacked on Devils, and you can find me on uh, Twitter at uh, Trey Matt 4 so T-R-E-Y-M-A-T-T
0: and the number four. All right, Trey, always a pleasure. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Gil. Right now, it's my pleasure to welcome to the show for the first time the host of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, Harrison Lee. Harrison, welcome.
3: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Big uh, couple of weeks here for the Jets. They hire Rick Bonus to be their new head coach. Your thoughts about Bonus returning to Winnipeg and, and what that means for this team trying to get back to the playoffs after missing for the first time in four or five years?
3: Uh, I'll be honest. I, I think my feelings, um, over the past couple of weeks have been a little bit mixed. Um, of course the bonus signing kind of leaked a couple of days ago, so I've had some time to process it. And I think the general reaction that I have is actually pretty similar, uh, across the fan base, uh, which is a rarity. Usually Jets fans are like yelling at me or something. So, um, <laughs> it's pretty rare that they, they kind of feel the same way, but I think most of it is just sort of a mixture of resignation and disappointment. I think with bonus, it's kind of a tricky one because um, I think he'll probably be a better coach than, you know, some of the, the, the managers that we've had in the past. And I think um, certainly he has a lot of defensive organization and experience. I think that he's got familiarity with the organization, at least uh, probably not nothing too recent, but uh, the city of Winnipeg itself, he's got a strong connection to. So um, in a lot of ways, I can see why they opted for him. And I think that his personality and the way that he works in the locker room might have been one of the reasons that they were really inclined to sign him because uh, everything that we've heard about the Jets locker room is is pretty bad. So, uh, you know, it it sounds like it's pretty toxic. People aren't happy. And when you're losing a lot of games, people kind of hate working at the same place. So, um, yeah, I I think it's been a little bit of a mixed bag. You know, the, the main thing that I think he wants to do is have us Uh, become a tough team to play against which is you know i I don't mind that uh but usually you know one of the things that it kind of comes at the expense of is like offensive production and stuff so uh, as long as you can kind of let the kids grow and blossom um and not inhibit some of that stuff i'm like i'm just kind of like ambivalent about it it's fine it's not really what i expected uh his name came up really late i would say in the search but it, it could be worse is probably how i would think of it
0: I mean, it's not the sexiest pick, for lack of a better way to put it. It's not the headline grabbing, wow kind of a pick, but he has a proven track record.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the things that people will look at is, you know, he made the Stanley Cup finals recently. Uh, He managed to get pretty decently far with a couple of teams. And like when you look at his coaching record, it's kind of a weird one because, you know, there were some bad years with Ottawa and New York, but, you know, some of that sounds like it wasn't really his fault. Um, there were a lot of conditions back then that probably didn't help him a lot. So, you know, going off of his stars record, there's, there's more there to go with. And it seems like it's, it's, it's pretty all right. I mean, the jets, let's be real. The jets haven't exactly had, uh, amazing coaches over the past couple of years. Uh, they've all done their best and tried really hard, but you know, sometimes it's just not really good enough. And this team evidently needs something more to push them over the edge. I, I don't think bonus is the kind of guy that's going to be able to take this team and necessarily put them into like a really good playoff spot. But I think at this point, it might be more about, you know, a cultural change, trying to get the team stabilized and get it back on track. Um, and curiously, his his deal is only for two years. Uh, so my guess is they're trying to think about um, a shorter term tenure here. I think Rick might have been one of the only guys who would be willing to do that. Uh, most of the other coaches, whether it's Tocit or somebody else, probably wanted more job security, which I understand. Uh, I think that this approach, if that's what they want to do, I I think that's an acceptable read on it. Uh, and maybe even the preferable option here, uh, because every time they have to fire somebody, they always eat a ton of money. So um, this time, you know, the contract is not that expensive. It's within reason for term. And like the best case scenario is the Jets stop sucking and actually look happy to be at work. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know that I have a lot of expectations, but you know, we'll just kind of see what Rick does. I just think the biggest thing that I want to see is like the guys happy and playing to their their, their level of capable uh, talent and stuff. I think that that's something that we haven't seen from a lot of them. And like, I'm tired of just seeing Hellebuck being one of the few guys that shows up every day and, you know, he's constantly getting shelled. Um, and a lot of the guys, the body language, their their interviews, they were just kind of pissed. And I can understand why. I think that the lack of progress over the years uh, has definitely put the team in a rep in a bad position with a lot of the guys. And Winnipeg, being the city that it is, um, I know that some folks always say it's hard to attract talent, and that is true. Uh, I think that that's something that anyone red- would readily admit. So, if that's the case, you got to make them happy somehow.
0: <laughs> How does this team improve their defense? I mean, that was obviously the biggest shortcoming over the course of this past season, other than maybe team chemistry. Bonus has some experience in that area, but what do you think the management is going to do to to shore up the defense a little bit?
3: Honestly, I don't know that there's anything that they really can do other than just relying on the kids more. I think guys like Brendan Dillon will probably be moved because um, there's a bit of a redundancy on the left side. We have a lot of left-handed defenders. The right side's a really big weak spot, um, and Neil Pionk really had a tough year last season. Uh, he said himself that he felt embarrassed by his performance, and I was like, okay, let's let's slow down. You had a bad year, you know, I understand that he's I think he always takes his performances really personally. So, um I think last year was super frustrating. But you know, given the cap situation that the Jets have and the fact that there's just not a lot of ton of really good defenders out there that are going to be cheap, um, Winnipeg never likes spending a lot, so i I can't really see them getting super spendy and flashy unless um, if they trade Dubois and somehow like a defender comes back, I could see that being one of the few ways, but um, mostly I think it's going to be internal. I think Billy Heinelo needs more minutes. Dylan Sandberg is is looking to be primed for some kind of like a top four role. Um, and if they do that, I think that things will be, they're not going to be good. I think that they're still going to be rough, uh, certainly in defensive coverages and stuff. But I mean, they just don't have a lot of room to make a ton of really big moves. And sometimes I think with the Jets, it's a little bit of an okay thing because every time they make a big splash, it usually scares
0: me. <laughs> Sometimes those big moves backfire. Yeah, no question about that. Draft coming up, two first-round picks. What positions do you think they'll emphasize, or is it just going to be best player available?
3: They've usually gone with BPA unless their scouts have pushed for somebody in particular. Um, I think they're really excited to maybe add like a, a right-handed D somewhere uh, or a center. It's probably going to be, you know, whatever falls to them, best player available, partly because, I mean, this draft is just super weird anyway, so I don't think they really know what's going to be available at their picks. Um, and with with the stuff that's happening in Russia, which might make it difficult for prospects like that to come over, I think it could really screw with a lot of the rankings because this first round did actually have a number of really talented forwards that they might have picked up. Um, but, you know, they're, they're concerned probably about whether guys can come over or not, and I think you know, the situation with with a lot of the prospects all kind of having the COVID impacted seasons catching up. It's just creating like a perfect storm of uncertainty. So I'm, I'm going to say BPA for now, uh, unless they really surprise me. But I don't know. The situation is super weird around this year's draft uh, and tries. I might just really have no idea what anyone is thinking.
0: <laughs> You're not alone in that, Harrison. Why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media?
3: So uh, you can find me on Twitter at living loco, and you can find our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. You can find Locked On Jets, same place that you find Locked On NHL, Odyssey, YouTube, Spotify, Megaphone, all the fun stuff. We've got audio and video versions of the podcast available, and uh, we just really appreciate your
0: support. All right, Harrison, thanks so much for joining us today.
3: Thanks for having me on.
0: And that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. want to thank Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins, Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils, and Harrison Lee of Locked On Winnipeg Jets for joining us today. Have a happy July 4th and be well, everybody. Looking forward to the NHL draft and we'll have that covered for you here on Locked On NHL throughout the week. I'm Gil Martin. I'm here every Monday and Friday. Have a great day, everyone. And thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.